Welcome to the Thunder Underground Podcast. My name is Trent. My name is Jason. And we're glad that you're here. This is episode number 31. 31 already? Yes. Awesome. Okay. And 31 brings us Richie Cavalera. Yes, from Insight. Yes. And if the name sounds familiar, that is because he is, yes, part of the Cavalera family. That's right. And it, uh, and you know that that name means uh, some kick-ass metal. So you can pretty much just figure out what you're in for just from that. Yes. But as we like to do, before we get into that, we'd like to play a track from an independent band. Yes. And this is a band out of Oklahoma that is called Southern Heretics. And let's just get right into this. The song's called The Hunter.
Once again, that was The Hunter by Southern Heretics out of Duncan, Oklahoma. Yes, uh, down there around Lawton. Uh, I've been to Duncan, played a few gigs there back in the day. All right. Uh, so, yes, uh, great place, and uh, these guys kick ass. We saw them open for uh, Crowbar and Soulfly and, and uh, Insight. Uh, great stuff. I mean, you know, you're just uh, meat and potatoes, kick ass metal, uh, you know, a little bit of a Southern vibe going on. They've got the whole, you know, with the vests and the, you know, the kind of the sludgy, doomy, you know, it's just good stuff. Yeah, it's got a, it's got a real old school feel to it, but it's also, it doesn't sound dated at the same time. It just got that, that vibe going, and like you said, the southern kind of feel. It fits into the whole. If you're into your crowbars or your black love societies, it's kind of somewhere between there, you know. So yeah, this kind of... this won't disappoint if that's your jam. And uh, they made a great showing at, at the show a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, whenever it was. So we, we definitely wanted to show them some love and get them on here. Yeah, look them up on Facebook, follow them, find them on Reverb Nation. They've got some tracks up there. Hit them up. Southern Heretics. Definitely. Well, um, we also wanted to talk before we got into the, into the interview here with Richie. A couple bands that... We're big fans of have new music out, not new albums, just new tracks, and yes. that'd be Anthrax and Megadeth, two of that, the big four. That's right. I mean, two of the big four, half of the big four, uh, have released uh, songs. You know, precursor of what is to come in 2016. Uh, first, uh, first off, we had Anthrax have released uh, their song "Evil Twin." Um, it's uh, there's a great lyric video out for it, uh, Trent. What do you think? 
I love it. It's it's got some great guitar, some great riffs. I mean, that's what you come to expect from Scotty Young, obviously. But it's just got a it's got a great sound to like that opening guitar, which you know when I first hear it. Usually when I hear Anthrax, I know that I'm listening to Anthrax, but that kind of took me a second, you know, where it doesn't sound like stock Scott Ian, you know, so that's kind of cool. But of course, it's right up there on the level with all the stuff from Worship Music, which was the, you know, the first album with Joey back, and it's, it's a, you know, it's high quality, and it's what we've come to expect from Anthrax throughout the years, no matter who the singer was, right? Oh, definitely. They, they've really kept the integrity going with this one. Uh, Joey Belladonna is just firing on all cylinders. Sounds like a fucking beast. Yeah. This guy just will not disappoint. Um, it's just a slamming tune. Uh, what I thought was interesting is, you know, they released it. You read the lyrics in the lyric video, and it's about a lot of the stuff that's going on. You know, these terrorist groups and political factions and the government's doing all this crazy shit in the name of whatever religion, you know, is going on. And and then look what happened seriously two or three days after they released that song. Uh, the shit in Paris went down. It just... It was just so uncanny and just so weird, you know. They, they really have their pulse on, you know, their... Uh, Lyrical content is very reflecting of what's going on today, and uh, I mean, th- people should just take note and and really get into what they're saying because th- they're making a lot of sense. On top of the kick-ass music, it, it, it's just classic, amazing, thrashy shit that they just will not let us down on. Yeah, and they've, like I said a minute ago, they've continued this, you know, since worship music came out and it's the, the band is back you know as sad as i was, was to see john bush be out of the band i couldn't be happier with what they're doing now and i'm glad that they're pumping out stuff that's amazing and they're going on tour with lamb of god in february so we're definitely gonna hit that and that's an amazing bill uh so. crazy bill uh, they're coming to oklahoma city playing the diamond ballroom there's no doubt we will be there and speaking of, and they've got that album coming out. I think the album comes out late January. Okay. I think. And I know Megadeth is around the same time, either late January or February. Right. And they've now got out two two tracks have been released, which is Fatal Illusion and The Threat is Real. That's right. And most people know, but if for some weird reason you don't, <laughs> this is the first new stuff with, of course, Dave and Dave Elfison are there. But this is the first one with the new guitarist. I'm not even going to try to say his name. I always screw it up. I'll try it. Kiko Loriano. Lorino. One of those. (laughs) But I'll say it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. And, of course, Chris Adler on the drums. The drummer from Lamb of God. Definitely. What are are your thoughts from hearing these two songs? I I like it. Um, These guys, it seems like they've got some stuff to prove. I mean, not to me, because I'm a fan. I always have been. And... But I think they think maybe they might have some stuff to prove because people love to talk shit, you know, especially about Megadeth. Right. And, you know, I I don't know. I didn't really like Super Collider, but I didn't think it was a crazy departure that some people think it was. 
it was just, I just couldn't get into it for whatever reason. It wasn't like a huge departure like Risk was. Right. Um, I liked 13 way better. So these tunes, to me, these new tunes, uh, Threat is Real and Fatal Illusion, uh, sound like they've got a little bit more promise to me. Uh, but again, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't bag on Super Collider for the reasons that a lot of other people did. I just, it just didn't connect with me and that's okay. It doesn't mean it's a bad album. But I, I'm pretty excited for, uh, you know, their new stuff. And I, I am hoping, I'm hopeful that I will, uh, get behind this one. Yeah. I, personally, I, I like Super Collider outside of a couple songs, maybe. Okay. And I listen to it a lot. But when it comes down to it, we all want Megadeth to sound like classic Megadeth. Right. And, and that didn't for the most part out of maybe one or two songs. And it wasn't like 13 and, and that kind of stuff where it did have that kind of vibe yeah. for the most of the album. And these two new tracks definitely sound, you know, like what you expect from Megadeth. And I know I'd, I think maybe it was uh, Chris Adler was on Joss's podcast and he mentioned that he really pushed for that to happen. You know, yeah, yeah, to try right. to get back the thrash, the the classic Megadeth vibe. Well, he talked about how he, you know, he and this is what I thought was admirable. He had the balls to tell Dave Mustaine, "That's that's that's classic Megadeth. That's shit." <laughs> you know, I, I I would not want to do this, or and I'd want to do this, uh, and you know, for a guy to come in and just you know have the have the the courage to say that. Is pretty big, and it might have helped. You know, it might have helped the sound. It might have helped the direction. So, because he's still there, so. And I'm sure, you know, Chris Adler's from a band that's way younger than Megadeth, but it's a band that's been around for quite a while now, and they have a, Lamb of God has a, a huge following in the metal world, and they're highly respected by Very respected. So I think, obviously, no matter what you think of Dave Mustaine and his ego, I'm sure he can look at, okay, this guy's, an amazing drummer, and he's coming from a highly regarded and loved band. So I'm gonna, you know, take take what he says to heart, you know. And, exactly. And that's a smart move too, you know. Definitely. Because it's gonna bring in the fan base of maybe younger fans that never really got into Megadeth, are probably gonna check him out because the drummer from one of their favorite bands is in Megadeth yeah. now, you know. And he knows that. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. That's a that was a smart move on a few different levels. Yeah. So hopefully we get to. You know, I know that he's not playing all the shows with them, but he's doing a lot of them. So hopefully, we'll get to see Adler and Megadeth live next year or something. That'd be you know? great. I hope so. Yeah. All right, we've got Insight, which now they've got four albums out. The newest one was Up in Hell in 2014, and they've got a new one coming out early, mid, I think, spring next year. Yes, we talk about all that with Richie coming up. We sure did. Yeah, we get into touring and working on the new album and what went into the recording and of course like stuff about you know doing shows with his dad max cavalera yeah and went into the whole uh internet spotify discussion right yeah he's got some good good stuff on that and you know they're just a it's a one of those bands that have kind of that thrash vibe to them but it's more more of the modern thrash it's not a classic thrash sound and he's got a real you know intense in your face vocal style yeah. Where there's no, there's no clean vocals, it's just pounds you from the beginning to the end. 
Yeah, I thought I thought that they reminded me of, they kind of had a battle cross vibe, a thy will be done kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah. And definitely. I think <clears throat> they they were great live and they really had a great presence and you know, what I liked about the conversation was hearing about the, you know, the hard work they put into it and you know, the dues they've paid. And it's real easy if you're in <clears throat> that kind of company, you know, the Cavalier name, it, you might, you know, you might could slack off or rest on some laurels or, you know, whatever. But these guys, uh, Richie just does not do that. They put in the work, uh, they put in the dedication and uh, they really, they, they've earned everything they've got. And, and I, I liked, you know, what, how he talked about the new album and the new, you know, <clears throat> going into, you know, getting ready to record, they really want this one to be the step up and to be the one that really takes them to the next level. And I think it will. Yeah. And like you said, they put in the work and this guy is not, you know, I mean, from the beginning to end, if, if you go to a show and you want to talk to him, you'll have the chance because he's there at the merch booth. Oh, know, definitely. All the way leading up to their show. And then as soon as they're done, he's back out there. And I think he pushes a lot of the soul, you know, I think he was running even the Soulfly stuff. Probably. At, at one point, maybe. I don't know if he does that all the time, but... Again, the hard work. Yeah. Yeah. Just doing it like you would coming up, and I mean, he's not not screwing around, and you can hear it and see it live, like you said. So, with all that being said, I think we should just get into this, right? Yeah. Uh, Richie Cavalier from Insight. Check it out. Man, we were, in, we were in like one yesterday, town. man, that was like the size of a corner over there. Really? Uh, literally, man. Like, no joke, man. So, it's just a trip on tour, you know. One day you're in something like this, the next day you're yeah, not. Know, you but it's cool, man. Roll <laughs> with it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, so, you guys are about, what, a week and a half into this? Yeah, got about second a leg of the tour. week left. We we only did the second leg. We right. we were busy recording the record, a new record during the first leg, so... We were like, yeah, it works out. You know, we'll go out and do a couple shows before the year ends. And ends in Phoenix, which is going to be cool. Right. You know, that'll make it a special uh, special ending. Yeah. yeah. That'll be dope. Have the, the show's been going pretty good, like, as far as... Dude, they're packed every night, and the crowds are raging. I think for us, you know, um, with the recording that we just did and everything over the last two years, you know, we feel like we're... We're playing live like better than we ever have before, and the energy is higher than it's ever been. And having killer crowds like this is awesome. You know, it, it makes it escalate to that much of a crazier environment. And every night's just been pits from get go, and <laughs> horns and yelling. And you know, we're 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 fired up about where we're heading, where we're going, what we're doing with metal right now. It's it's, it's exciting to be a new band coming out. And, popping like a style on people that they haven't seen in a while and they're getting fired up about it you know yeah 
What do you think? What do you think bands today, newer bands, have to do to get their name out, like Young Liquid Metal and stuff like that? Yeah, traveling, you know, touring, doing, you know, swapping shows with other yeah. bands locally, you know, especially with Facebook and things like that. You you can get in touch with those bands so much easier. When we started, it was MySpace, you know, so we'd reach yeah. out to California bands and New Mexico bands and Vegas, and you know, we'd start going out there and doing our little shows and. You know, eventually got picked up by a you know small Brooklyn label, and you know got got rolling by that way. You know, and then when we finally had things kind of going, you know, we did a tour or two with Soulfly, which was really cool, and helped us develop a lot as far as learning what to expect on tour, like a you know national size yeah. and how to work and be fast and quick and you know not be in anybody's way, you know, so to speak. So it's cool now because we all just feel like we we know everything that we need to. We're we got the music that's ready. We got the live performances ready. So it's just, it's full steam ahead right now. Yeah, that, that's, I don't know, I think that's important, like you said, to have things down and be quick. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I remember when I was playing out, uh, nothing was worse than bands taking their time, setting up, and yeah. tearing down and whatnot. Yeah. It, 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 just, it, it takes a strain on the show, you know. But as far as, you know, being a younger band, it's, it's harder now in a lot of ways because you you have a lot of huge bands that won't take any newer acts out unless they're paying fifty grand or you know doing whatever buying ads you know etc. A lot of bands now are doing you know a night with for two hours of just themselves, no support you know or you know see the massive tours with nobody really new you know coming along and that, that sucks you know because I know there's a lot of good metal bands out there you know I've seen some of these local shows you know and local bands that come out and you know hopefully people will be exposed to them but you know you do have other methods and if you work the the social media you can get your band out there and get it going is this the like this album will be the first one where it's the same lineup two albums in a row right yeah so yeah, I mean, yeah. You think that that's huge obviously helps <laughs> that's huge yeah. and with a band nowadays it's I, I, you see it from metallica to the biggest bands on earth you know it's hard to keep the same exact lineup going and I think for for us it was cool because we, uh, you know, I was young, and so learning through all these different lineups and figuring out what, you know, Insight ultimately wanted and needed, you know, no one's ever been fired. They all just quit due to like I want to be home, you know, I want to see my family more, you know, because we we tour a lot, man, for a young band, and you know it's hard. And I think now with all of us that are in it, you know, we're adults, we're past that high school band, you know, and I think. Everybody in it now is focused on, you know, making this a career and a life. And we're all just locked in so tight. Like, we're best friends. There's never a day we get off the stage and we're like, oh, that sucked. You're an asshole. You suck. And we all just come on. We're like, that's a great job. You know, don't worry about anything that happens. You know, it's just a killer vibe that I've never felt with any lineup. You know, and that's special. That's hard to find now. Yeah, yeah it helps big time. And I think now when we got in the studio and we knew what to expect and what everybody's, you know... Uh, parts that they excel on you know we need to focus on that and having Steve Evans come in with his knowledge and amazing background of you know the bands he's worked with like Suicide Silence and Dillinger Escape and Prong and Endless Band man yeah. he just really just took our everything we were doing and just cleaned it up got rid of the bullshit that we didn't need you know too many parts that weren't making sense and I think for the first time you have an album that matches the quality of the live show and it's an album where I think people are going to go, this is what we've been waiting for from Insight, you know, this is what, we knew Richie could do this, but 
now that he's got the, the team that he's needed, it's there, you know. And I think that's the biggest thing, like you said, is having that consistency of members. Yeah, we're just waiting on uh, mixing and mastering and album title and artwork and all that stuff now. And you know, it takes a couple months to get all that organized and get the right people in place. Uh, I think we're going to use Dan Seagrave for artwork. He did the Up in Hell cover, which just I think it, it catapulted us to another level as far as artwork goes and wanting to buy something for that. You know, like a vinyl. A lot of people come and just buy it because it's such a cool cover, and you know, I think we work so well with him. That'll be cool to have him again. And, uh, we're gonna do some videos in January, and then we have touring in Europe from you know January to the end of March, which is gonna be incredible, man. I can't wait to announce all that. You know, it's gonna be exciting. Do you have a name? Oh, sorry. No, no, the title's not done. It's, okay. I, I've been going crazy with it, man, and it's due tomorrow. So <laughs> I, that's what I was gonna ask. I, do you have? I have like my list? final three left. You know okay, that nothing. after asking the band and listening <laughs> to the songs and reading the lyrics again you know we we got it down to three this has been one of the tougher ones you know because i kind of wanted to have the songs and the title be cohesive in every way you know not as so much as a concept record but just nothing just like oh she loves me but this album's called let's kill them all you know <laughs> so I, I wanted it to have a, a general definition of what each song would bring so it's been you know like i said stressful and crazy which it should be you know it should never be easy or else it's just you're not trying hard enough yeah, i like, like to say so lie, really. so yeah, yeah so we'll we'll, we'll announce it here in the next couple of days for sure cool. which is exciting how'd you end up working with steve was it did you guys approach him or yeah we actually hit him up and he you know he had like i said made some records that i just love you know the, the last couple of suicide silences that the rawness i think of that band you know they're they're kind of you know click vibe you know real tight so i think the raw that he gives them was really cool and i thought for us to get away from that kind of computer sound of you know copy paste vibe to this new organic vibe from the ground up like we brought steven and did pre-production for a week and went through each song and then we went to the studio and we were you know jamming together which was nuts you know normally the drummer's in his own room and everybody else just kind of sitting around as he goes and then one by one each guy kind of does their thing but this time he had us all in the same room tracking the drums while we all jammed out and it just it gave it this raw vibe and you know on a lot of you know the first two records due to time you know and whatnot and being whatever you know, you have the producers that do their certain way, and, you know, his was just really, you know, we're going to hit every piece and make it sound that, like it was recorded on analog, you know, which is amazing. Yeah, and, that's awesome. And that's, it, it just sounds so good, and I, I think people are going to really freak out when they hear this one, man. <laughs> this is this is the one. Well, when this comes out, it'll only be, what, a year and a half since Seven Hill came out? Yeah, it'd be so close to two years. It'll be more like April, May, so oh, okay. it'll be about two years. We we felt like we just, when Up and Hell was done, we just still had so much more we wanted to do, you know? Like, if we could have made a 24-song album, we would have did it, you know? But we just felt like, hey, let's put this out. Let's tour a little bit. Let's get people, like, excited. I kind of feel like the first two albums are more like a demo life to me now in this stage of where I'm at. You know, I feel like Up and Hell was where it really started with the big album and that kind of vibe and you know i think the first two were more us just 
building the name and getting developed, which we were lucky, you know, a lot of bands don't get the chance to get developed. You know, we have a really cool label now in Minus Head, and they're just really trying to build a, a, a big label, man, out of nothing, really. And it's been a great process to be a part of. Yeah, so this is this is it. You're going for it. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Every that's record, great. we feel like, you know, with these guys, that's how we want to do it. You know, we don't want to just half-ass it and we were hungry to write one so that was why it was like all right let's do it you know it's not like we're like being rushed by anybody it was it was us that wanted to do it you know we felt it was time to just juice up the next one yeah get it going what's well, cool you, you say that about the label too because this is a day and age where most people don't get that oh label, yeah you know? yeah and we we're lucky man because our first label was a disaster <laughs> you know it was like we we made the album and then that was it it was didn't really get released it didn't really do anything so we just hit the road and sold it you know we we got probably like 10,000 units sold just by shows you know during a time when no one was buying cds and you know we just kept doing it on our own our next thing you know our label was bankrupt and collapsed and we were just kind of like all right what do we do next and we met this guy brad hardy in san francisco at a concert and it's like yeah i'm starting a label and you know i got a couple bands now but it's nothing too crazy and you know check us out ever since then it's just been a a building relationship of just awesomeness like you know now he's got distribution in europe and the rest of the world and we've kind of just grown as he's grown and it's been a team you know now he's got a lot of cool bands that are new coming onto the label and trying to come to the label you know and it's been uh it's been rad to be that lucky to find that in this day for sure there's no doubt there's no doubt. What do you think as a young band, relatively young band, what do you think of Spotify? Because you know a lot of people have extreme opinions. Yeah, see, now I get, I get a statement check, you know, and it's, it's nothing great. It's like 50 bucks or something, you know, every couple months. But when you look at the statement, you see it's got SiriusXM, Pandora, Spotify, and, you know, cable TV. And Sirius is like $49. And then the other ones equal about a dollar between the five of them. Wow. So you, you've got to question what's going on there. Because when you look at the play amounts, these are surpassing what Sirius is playing, but they're not paying the royalties anywhere close to what Sirius is. And uh, that's a problem, definitely. You know, to me, I think that's a problem. But, you know, it's a new day and age, and I think you just got to kind of roll with it. You know, there's no stopping it. I just hope that the copyright laws and everything like that in the next five years can catch up with where the technology brought it. Because I don't see the technology changing too much. I think we're kind of where we're going to be for a while. Spotify, YouTube, vinyls, CDs still, you know, and whatever. But I don't think it's going to advance much farther than that. So it'll give time to catch up and really get it dialed in because they've been behind ever since it started you know there's no reason to fight it you just got to get it balanced to where everybody's paying their fair share to the bands that deserve it and you know we we need those because you know we can't tour 12 months a year if we could we would but we can't it's just not you know they just don't let you with the markets and everything like that and you just got to you know do what you can so to have a a check that could come for a couple hundred bucks while you're not on tour would be great you know for your music being played you know but it is what it is and as long as it's getting out there and we're getting new fans they'll come to the show and hopefully buy merch and something will come good out of it you know so it's good and bad that makes me think of something i remember hearing a while back on jamie Josta's podcast 
that he was trying to get somebody from Spotify on the show. Yeah. And I hope that when he, when and if, I hope he just grills them. Yeah, just to you understand know? how the royalty exactly. system works, you know. I, I'm sure if you do Taylor Swift, you don't care about it because you're getting <laughs> just trillions of plays, so it's it's not hurting her, but, you know, everybody else. It'd be nice to see him equal, serious at least, you know. Yeah. Do you think as a, as a vocalist in a metal band that you've – got a slightly unfair advantage of people automatically comparing you to Max or wanting to like if I mean if I kind of I kind of knew coming into it that'd be how it is but I, I say this now you know Max not not everybody in the world in metal knows Max you know it's it, it, there's a scene out there of a lot of people that don't you know so when we do play a show and they just see the band and then they find out about that stuff later you know that that that's a trip to me because then they're they're like, oh man, we dug the band, but now this is even cooler that you got this going on. You know, so it makes it cool. And you know, anybody that knows the band or seen us knows, you know, how hard we work from day after day after day, tour after tour. You know, we're we're doing everything that any band does. So I think you 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 get the people that don't talk shit about that. You know, and they don't really care. They they appreciate it. You know, I'm always there. I'm at the merch table every show. Everybody can come talk to me. I'm always talking and, you know, always just doing it. And I think it's a, a gift, you know. It's something cool. I've been able to see, you know, people like Phil and, you know, some of the best front men ever, man, play and learn from them to bring it to my band and be like, hey, you know, we can be what metal needs and help it out. And, you know, we can all kick ass and do it the same as these guys did that I got to see. And, you know, it doesn't change anything about my name as long as I'm doing the music real and right. people see that. So that's cool. I, I don't mind none of it at all. It's been fun. Well, now that I asked that, do you get tired of people asking questions about Max? <laughs> Not <laughs> at all, man. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all, man. A- any chance I get to talk about a-, a family member, a dad, my mom, my brother, my sister, anybody at all, man, that's a that's a privilege that people care. So yeah. I, just, uh, I just roll with it, man. It's fucking awesome that we've been able to put such a mark in metal and the world and influence a lot of people to not take shit you know it's cool yeah well you mentioned your mom like i know obviously your mom's different than most people's moms oh yeah she's an ass kicker man but you know you got to be if you're one woman surrounded by 60 guys every day and you know you you got to be tough man you you if you're not you're gonna get walked over and i think it's cool to see women in this business. I don't think we have enough of them behind the scenes. You know, you don't you don't see many women tour managers or you know roadies or things like that. You know, I think we need more of it because it just makes everything better. You know, I don't if, if they're better at a job than someone, then who gives a shit? You know, let them do it. I think it's it's cool. It makes them you know makes the dudes chill out and makes everybody just kind of have fun, work hard. So it doesn't make it weird, like when you're out on tour with your mom. No, nah, man. <laughs> when we're out here, it's business, Gloria Richie. You know, when we're at home, it's mom. You know, we we've learned to have two different relationships, and I think you have to if you ever have a parent as a manager or your boss or anything like that. You know, you gotta learn to do business and family separate. Definitely. Well, growing up in in the business like that. Didn't you? I think I'd read at one point you were out on tour with Soulfly when you were like 15 or 16. Yeah, I've been on tour, man, since I was probably eight or nine. Oh, really? You know, and before that, we had, you know, my mom ran a bar called the Bootleggers where numerous bands got their starts, you know, Poisons and Flotsam and Jetsam. And, 
Jason Newstead was discovered there. Rob Halford was a regular in the crowd, you know, and she she really got it going. And that was like 85, 83, you know, and she started managing bands like Sacred Reich and Atrophy and then got into, you know, Sepulchre and so on. So it's just a, a trip. It's been there, you know, since day one. Well, do you have any cool stories as a teenager being out there? Endless man, endless man. I mean, <laughs> I, I, here's one of my favorite. I got to go stay with Ozzy for like a week at his house, man. It was just incredible. You know, we we grew up in the same kind of environment, you know, so we we understood each other as you know Jack and Kelly and all them. You know, we we were a part of history with the Ozfest and having a blast as kids, being able to just do whatever we want and have golf carts and just terrorize and hanging out with all the most famous bands in the world at the time. Right. I mean, we just, we really lived it up. It was a cool-ass uh, experience, and it's great to see where everybody's gotten from then. You know, everybody's doing really good. It's cool. Well, Fuck you guys, yeah. uh, you said you're going into Europe next year. Are you doing headline shows? I mean, I know no, these are gonna be all support. All support. Yeah, because we uh, we did some headline stuff all last year. Now we we need to get into that support. You know, play with some big bands, get some big crowds in front of us, and really turn it up. So, so there's already stuff set in place. Yeah, okay. like I said, we leave uh, January 10th and we return March 23rd. So it's gonna be about three months of madness. It'll get announced probably about the next week or so, which would be cool. cool. Yeah, definitely. Definitely rad. Well, you've got a pretty intense vocal style. Do you have to do warm-ups and stuff like that? Or no, man, I just uh, just go with what the day brings. You know, I try to drink a lot of water throughout the day. That's the best thing for you, you know. And try not to talk too much, you know. Try to do the interviews and then just the show and kind of hang out the merch, but no yelling, you know. <laughs> It's all good though. You're still pretty young. You haven't had any issues. any crazy voice. No, man. I, I, I've, you know, I've I've had baby steps. You know, if you've kind of hear heard my my vocal sound on each record, you kind of hear it progressing and growing. And you know, everything's been self-taught and self-learned, and you know, just practice and practice and practice. And I think that's what you're gonna hear on the new record is just uh, the vocals are just out of control. I think it it. it sounds the best that I've ever had and I've ever done you know I've, I walked out of there just like oh yes you know and feeling so good about it so I, I can't wait for people to hear it and just hear another side of what I can yeah you can tell a big difference between the slaughter and up and hell yeah definitely and up in hell you know I, I wanted to try something a little more high pitched because I thought the, the way the music sat you know it felt good on a lot of it and this one I kind of do both. I go really low as well as really high, and I think it uh, it blends well on how the songs are written. You know, that's what I always try to do. I don't, I don't try to make it too much. I just want it to be perfect for what the music is. That's there. You know. So it's cool. Fuck yeah. Who are some of your biggest influences besides obviously Max and Phil, like you said? Um, I've always loved like Chino. Uh, you know, I've loved bands like Obituary and At the Gates and uh, Faith No More. I think Mike Patton's one of the best there is. I love. I love. You know, like I, I love Metal Man and I, I play it and I watch it every day. But there's a lot of the time I like to just listen to you know Journey or something. You know, because I think he's got one of the most beautiful voices in history. Or Queen, you know, and just kind of 
drift away into a different influential vibe that brings something more to insight you know i think that's what's cool about all of us we have such an open variety of music that we listen to that we don't just get bogged down in the same weird shit over and over you know i think the band's expanded each time and each album from that so, yeah that helps that's what will keep you going yeah i mean i think that's one thing that's always bothered me is that people get so bogged down their own little scene this own music and it's like there's so much music out there that's such life to it and vibe to it and i, I think it's important for people to experience more than one sound of music you know it's good it's good for the soul <laughs> What do you think? Do you see yourself ever doing anything clean vocal-wise? Uh, probably not. You know, I, I've always hated that. You know, maybe if I start a rock band when I'm like 45 or something, you might have it. But I think metal has always been meant to be aggressive and angry and nasty and spitty. And, you know, so I, I just feel that. Everybody and their mom has done a song with a heavy chorus and a singy verse or a singy chorus and a heavy verse. So I just like to keep it straight through and just make it very on low or high rather than clean, you know. So, And that's one big thing I've always been lucky about is uh, enunciation on our albums. It's really easy, I think, for people to understand most of what is being said, you know, I think. I don't have, I have a crazy voice, but it's not where you can't understand what I'm saying. And I think that's been a big thing for us, too, that sets us apart from a lot of other bands. Either they go too crazy or too clean, you know. I think we're just that right, perfect mesh of everything that people want to hear. That's the thing he's brought up a lot that most, you know, most guys, it's hard to understand that you got a band like Lamb of God or something, like you guys, where it's real intense, but. You can still you can understand, understand every single, yeah. every single word. See, and now them, they're, they're approaching 50 years old, you know, so for them to write a song like they did, I think it's awesome. You know, I think at that stage of your career, that makes sense, you know, but no one wants to just hear 20 albums of the same shit. Right. And especially if you're hitting that age, I think you're, it allows you to express more, you know, because you're a father, you're working, you know, you, you're angry, but you have a different kind of anger, a different kind of pain, so... I thought what they did was really cool on their new album. I think that's it, man. Thanks for doing this. Hey, right on, guys. I love this shit, man. Always good to talk about music and stuff, man. All right, there you go. Richie Cavalera from Insight. Cool stuff. I liked, like you said earlier, talking about the streaming streaming stuff and all, you know, his stories of growing up on the road with, you know, going out on tour with Soulfly and hanging out with Jack Osborne and all that kind of cool stuff, you know? Yeah. Cool to hear. Yeah, a nice guy, a great interview. I'd like to thank, once again, thank thank him for taking the time to do that. And thank Katie Irizarry for hooking us up with that from Adrenaline PR. Definitely. And also, if you uh, haven't heard, you know, before earlier, we had a podcast with Kirk Winstein that we also recorded at the same show from Crowbar. Definitely. That was a great one. Uh, if you haven't heard that one, definitely go check that one out. Yeah, and we mentioned earlier we had a... Well, we mentioned you mentioned Battlecross earlier. Of course. If you're a fan of Inside, I really think you would dig Battlecross if you haven't heard him. And if you go back and into our early episodes, we've got an interview with uh, Kyle from Battlecross. So that was that was a cool one. And we've also got you know several other great ones if you just pick and choose through there through the SoundCloud.com slash or backslash Thunder Underground. 
find all our, our previous podcasts on there. And you can also find us on the web at thethunderunderground.com, on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube is The Thunder Underground, and then Twitter is T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. Of course. Yep. Go hit those up, like and share, all that good shit. And again, uh, at the top of the top of the episode, we had a great song from uh, an Oklahoma band, Southern Heretics. Go check those out. Just, uh, you know, Google them. They're on Facebook, Reverb Nation. Just put in Southern Heretics and uh, give them some support. Yeah, and follow us on SoundCloud so you don't miss any episodes coming up. We've got we've got a couple episodes coming up with uh, Ryan, the bass player and clean vocalist from Miss May I. Yes, which that is was a good, a good one. Oh yeah, great one. And we've also got one with Tony, the vocalist for Seasons After, which is very cool. And we've got a couple more in the works that we'll let you know about soon. Definitely. So until then, hit us on NeatheUnderground.com. Talk to you soon. See ya.